Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. When the pans that you're using and how many that you're using, they're not all going to fit in a sink when they're dirty. And they're all getting dirty at the same time. Four burners doesn't doesn't work. You need more. You need more than, than two shells of an oven to cook for 20 or 30 people. And that's when it happens, where you're like, you know what, maybe I should just, I should just cater this thing. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Cooking for your household is one thing, but making food for a large group is a whole different ballgame. Today, get expert advice on how to cook for a crowd without getting in over your head. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Today, we get tips on cooking for a crowd from Chef Edward Steinhoff. As executive chef of the Straz Center for the Performing Arts in Tampa, Chef Ed oversees the property's three restaurants, ensuring that hundreds of hungry theatergoers are fed before the curtain goes up. So he knows a thing or two about feeding the masses. Chef Ed talked to me about feeding audiences and performers back in Season 1, Episode 32 of The Zest, and today he's back to help you plan your next big soiree. Whether you're gearing up for a graduation dinner, Memorial Day cookout, or other large gathering, Chef Ed's advice will help you spend less time on food prep and cleanup and more time actually enjoying your guests. In our conversation, he offers advice for feeding folks with various diets on a budget, getting guests to help you clean up without even realizing it, love that, and knowing when to hire help. We have three restaurants here. We feed approximately 100 to 150 in each one at the same time. As we're doing that, sometimes we'll also feed people in a catering function too. So we've done catering functions as big as 2,000 people here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And there's a time crunch because people are here to see a show. Is that correct? Exactly. So we'll, we'll open a restaurant at five, but we need to feed them at least an hour before they're ready to go to the show. And we don't move them in and move them out. We make sure that they have the full experience. So it's kind of nice. We don't turn tables here. We just make sure that when you come in, you have enough time to eat and get to the show. So we want you to have that, that first impression to be happy before you even get to the show. My husband and I were recently here watching Tina, the Tina Turner musical, which yes. was phenomenal. I kept thinking, how do these people perform this and then go to sleep? There's right. no way. right. Too much. I was like so jacked up, but we got here. It was a weeknight and mm-hmm. we were kind of in a rush. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to just eat M&Ms from the concession stand right. for dinner. And we ordered food and it came and we ate and we had time to use the restroom. We were still on time for the show. So you really know what you're doing. Right. That's that's the way we need to do it. So so that nobody's in, a, in, in these big time constraints. We want them to eat, have a good time and then go to the show with a clear head. Do you feed the cast and crew as well? 
Once in a while, we'll feed cast and crew if they order that from us. And it's it's typically smaller shows that we do that for, like a, a one-off show. The cast and crew may want breakfast or lunch or dinner, depending upon the time that their show is. What's the last cast or crew you fed? It was for a dance troupe, actually. They came in and, and they wanted three meals. So we did breakfast, lunch, and dinner for them. Sometimes they just want a box lunch to, to take on the go. But, uh, you know, other times is... You know, they want they want full meals. So we, we do that as well. If people are hearing noise, it's because we're in your office just off the kitchen. And as you said, they're prepping. They're prepping. So the wheels don't stop turning. Okay, let's get into some tips for us mere mortals who are not a dance troupe or are not a Tina Turner right. crew. For me, the biggest pain that comes with feeding a group of people is everybody has a different diet. Yes. How do we deal with that? Well, if, if we're talking about doing this at home, so like when I cater, it's important for me to know how many of those people there are, right? So wh- when we say different diet, typically we're talking a vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, or gluten-free, things like that. It's important to know how many people you're serving and then just make more. Because once that food goes out, there's always more people than you think that are going to eat off of that diet. I see what you're saying. So if you're having a barbecue and you have one impossible burger set aside for the vegetarian, people are going to want that. Have 10. Because it, as soon as somebody sees that, they're, they're going to say, well, oh, wow, I, I haven't tried one of those impossible burgers. Maybe I'll have one. And you just need to be prepared for that stuff. You also have to familiarize yourself with, with the products that contain the allergens that, that people are eating. Like it's, it's not just wheat that has gluten. It's barley and it's rye too. So you can make those mistakes very easily. And I'm not sure everybody's out there cooking barley, but I, I do sometimes I'll, I'll cook a, a barley risotto and I have put it on my menu and, and forgotten that barley was not gluten-free and had to be told by somebody. So familiarize yourself with that stuff because it's, it's important to know the difference between vegans and vegetarians. That's very, very important. If you're serving a vegan meal, don't use honey. Honey is not vegan. It comes from an animal. Those are the things that you need to know. Once you know all those things, it gets much easier. You know, rices and and certain grains you can serve and and they're all gluten-free. Fresh vegetables are great to serve. And and then just proteins and your fishes. Once you know it all and you're not putting sauces with gluten on them or things like that, you can identify everything to everybody and let them know what what they can and cannot eat. So how would this come together in a meal? My mind goes to a taco bar because corn tortillas are gluten-free. You could have black beans for the vegetarians and vegans. You Mm -hmm. could have carne asada for the meat eaters. What are some other ideas? So things that I do when I write my menus here, probably 80% of them are gluten-free. 80% of them. So gluten-free flour is expensive, but it's worth it because... I can use that now in in anything and anybody can eat my meals. Okay. Give me more examples of your meals. I feel like I've been limiting myself. Okay. So I'm just going to say this for now. I did a chicken dish. It was fried, but I used cornflake crust instead of anything that had gluten in it. I did a a honey sriracha cream on it. Then I did some smoked Gouda grits and stewed collard greens. So, and I actually did that one for, for Tina and it, it went, it went out very well. Oh, well, if it's good enough for Tina. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. the vegans, obviously, they might have to bring their own little sandwich or something. Well, that was just one one of my meals. You know, there's 
there's so many. We did a blackened, what we call blackened chicken in, in quotes, and we used soy for it. We blackened it, and then we, we did a, some nice vegetables on it, and we did a cilantro lime slaw mm. on top of it. So, yeah, you know, they always have something to eat on my menu because one of my items of the six that are on there are always gluten-free and vegan. Nice. Mm-hmm. Out of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, would you say there's one meal that's easier to serve to a crowd? I think breakfast is always easy because, first of all, everybody loves breakfast. And eggs are just, every everybody loves it. And I, I enjoy cooking breakfast because you can do so many different spins on things and make it nice with little little casseroles and things like that. You can You can make things really nice. I do love breakfast and mm-hmm. I usually just eat oatmeal. So for someone yeah. to make French toast or something for me. Yeah, maybe. it's all it's all cool. Fresh berries and things like that. It, it, you know, you can make some really nice stuff. That's a real treat. OK, when I think about purchasing fresh berries for a crowd, I just see dollar signs. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are some ways to stretch a dollar when you're feeding a large group without making it look cheap? OK, so. What's happening now, the, the trend now is a lot of these cheaper cuts of meat are actually in style, you know, like obviously chicken and pork as a protein. Those are your those are your most affordable options. But you can use chicken thighs and people love chicken thighs and they're, they're cheaper than breasts and, and they're more flavorful. They don't get dry. They're just really good. Pork shoulder is nice. So instead of using the pork loin or the pork tenderloin, you use pork shoulder and you can cook it slow and low for hours and, and it just comes out beautiful. If you need to use beef, try tip top rounds. Those are the, the cheaper ones. So you can make it happen. Lots of fresh vegetables. And, and, you know, obviously everything is expensive now, but fresh vegetables, you can you can still go to your market and get cheap, fresh vegetables, pastas and rices, stir fries or the ever popular rotisserie chicken from Sam's Club. I mean, I I buy those once a week on my day off. You do? Yeah, they're five bucks. What do you do with them? I make chicken salad. I eat, I immediately eat the legs as soon as I get it, and then I pull the rest of it and I drop it into boiling water with carrots, onions, and celery. I make a stock out of it, and then I make a, a chicken soup out of it. So I, I use it for days. You're such a good chef. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, but those rotisserie chickens smell amazing. They are so good. They're so good. And they're big and they're and they're affordable. That's why people come into Sam's most of the time. They, they pick up their chicken. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, by the time you're done grocery shopping, you're too tired to cook anything. So you need something that's ready fast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's a great one. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. tips so that we can actually enjoy our guests and not be stuck behind the stove all night oh okay i think first and foremost you have to prep you have to prep everything a day ahead anything that you can should be prepped a day ahead in this business if i'm not a day ahead i'm a day behind right you have to make a plan 
figure out what you're what you're going to make and how you're going to execute that plan. Now I'll get into the plan more, but have a list of times and, and temperatures that you need to cook. So in this restaurants and our restaurants, if we have a big event going on, I know exactly when I need to put stuff in the oven. It's called a fire list. I need to fire this, 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 and this at, at 345. When that comes out, I need to fire this at 445. I have a plan and I know exactly where it's going to go. I set my watch and we move on with it, right? I love that you call it a fire list. I just spoke with a firehouse chef. Mm -hmm. His name is Emmanuel Washington. They call him Manny FD. And he said in the fire department, they have a saying, slow is fast and fast is slow. Right. Which Mm -hmm. is similar to what you're saying. You have to take those extra few minutes to make your plan and that will help you in the long run. Yes, your your plan is what's going to give you that, that time off later on. You know, have your cold items ready to go. Have them in the refrigerator ready to go so so they look nice on platters and bowls. Now, when your guests get there, you can just pull them out. Use disposables if you can. There's really nice disposable plates and, and forks and stuff out there. Use them so you're not loading up your dishwasher at the end of the night. Now you have more time. Clean as you go. Clean as you go. Get yourself clean. Before everybody shows up, make sure your dishwasher is empty. So that when they come, you have a full dishwasher. You can you can just put everything in there. You're not washing things and undoing the dishwasher just so that you can put more stuff in. Right? right. Makes sense. Hire somebody. Okay, let's a let's cleaner. talk about that. Oh, a cleaner. Just hire somebody to clean. Right? So you're not hiring them to do the cooking. You're you're doing the cooking, you're planning everything, but why not have somebody when you're done to come in and just just clean up around you? So you've done the prep the day before, and then you're having someone come in and clean? Then you No, then you've cooked, and now everybody's eating. Now your person is there. They're going to start cleaning up around you. So you don't have to leave the table and go back in. You know what I mean? So they're cleaning as the party is happening. Yes. And, you know, you can find somebody in this industry that will do that on a night when they're not working on a Saturday night. If they're not doing anything, you can find that person. Okay. I need details about this person. Is this a cleaning person? Is this a chef? Is this a caterer? I would say this is a server because you can, you can hire somebody that like, they're going to help you serve too. You know, they'll help you take the stuff, put it out. You'll, you'll hire them not for the duration of the party, but for, for most of it. And then while you're eating, they're putting stuff away. They're cleaning things. They're using the extra garbage cans that that you remembered to have in the house because you know that everybody's going to fill up that one garbage can you have in the kitchen. Okay. So now you don't have to take it out six times. Now you have three garbage cans around and you do that once. That's another tip. Hiring somebody is a boss move. The the one time we had caterers was an event for my husband's job that they covered. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I thought I should be doing this all the time, even if I have to pay for it. It's a little more money. Yeah. But if you want to spend that time with your guests, you, you need to do that. Also, work as a team with your spouse. Get this stuff together. While he's talking to your guests, you go off and do a couple of things, you know, get some stuff done. Now you have two people that are, one's working the crowd, one's not. This is when I get the kids out and they work the crowd. Right. You know what? You talked about prepping the cold dishes in advance. And to that, I would say your list is so important because I have prepped things a day ahead, like for Thanksgiving, cranberry sauce, and then forgotten to serve it because it's in the back of the fridge. And I've been at dinners where that happens. So I now make a Google Doc for everything. Well, yeah. (laughs) A Google Doc. 
I wouldn't go that far myself. But if you have everything stacked nicely in your refrigerator, ready to go, you're not going to miss it. Plus, you're sitting there looking at a list because you made a plan. You know exactly what's going to go. Or if you don't want to do that, once you're done eating, move the party outside and then deal with it in the morning. <laughs> oh, I don't want to deal with it in the morning. I want it done before and, my head hits the pillow. The other thing I could say is have to-go boxes ready because there's always going to be food left over if you've done your job. There's going to be a lot of food left over. Let people take it home. Why do you? You don't need that much food. You're, you're not having another party the next day. Let them take it home. Have to-go boxes. Put stuff in it. Close it. Put their name on it as they're leaving. Send it away. Now you have less clutter in your refrigerator and you're done. That's so smart. I was going to ask you about what to do with leftovers. A few weeks ago, we had my daughter's volleyball team over, a very informal, like Mm. pizza, adult beverages for the parents. Right. But I ordered too much pizza. Right. And I had like three pizzas left over. Okay, you can order too much pizza. (laughs) Apparently you can because I froze some, we ate some, we were just sick of pizza and I love pizza. The to-go boxes would have solved that problem. The to-go boxes would have been great, yeah. And and they're not taking all of your Tupperware, right? So you have plastic to-go boxes and you're sending them on their way and they're happy and you're happy that you're not cluttered. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. How do we decide which parts of the meal to buy, like you mentioned rotisserie chicken, mm-hmm. and which parts to make? I think you decide that by the level of your experience in the kitchen. Okay? So in my opinion... Uh, trying a like a, an interesting new recipe that you've never done before, that's a mistake. It's a disaster waiting to happen. If you suddenly you have your 20 people there and this recipe doesn't do what you're supposed to do, it's probably a mistake. I think what you need to do is decide whether or not you can execute it. And if you can't, get a little bit of help. Local restaurants have great sides and things like that. So cook your main dish and buy your sides. You don't have to tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Even if you do tell people, nobody cares. I say this this all the time in in various aspects of life, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. I've been to people's houses where the whole thing was catered by a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I didn't judge them. No. But I myself feel like I have to make everything from scratch. Well, you don't. You don't. And if if you're that kind of cook and you've elevated your skills so that you can just go cook everything and everything's going to be perfect... Do it. But if you need some help, get some help. This is the permission we all needed. Get some help. You talked about hiring a little bit of help on the day of, but when do you just go all out and get the whole thing catered? You just told me you're getting married, so congratulations. Right. Tell me about the food for your wedding. I think for me, I'm not cooking for my own wedding. No. Right. I'm not I'm not doing that. So yes, I'm gonna hire a caterer. And I think when your guest count gets too high is when you need to start looking at hiring a caterer because it's difficult to to properly and and even safely cook in a residential kitchen. You know, refrigeration, ovens, burner space, like all that's dishwashing. It's a dream to cook in my kitchen because I have all the equipment. Oh, you you mean your kitchen here at the Straz? My kitchen here at the Straz is wonderful. Right. However, if I try to duplicate that at home, it's it's not easy. And you, and you find that out very quickly when, when the pans that you're using and how many that you're using, they're not all going to fit in the sink when they're dirty. And they're all getting dirty at the same time. Four burners doesn't 
doesn't work. You need more. You need more than, than two shells of an oven to cook for 20 or 30 people. And that's when it happens where you're like, you know what, maybe I should just, I should just cater this thing. Yeah. I got married in 2008 and I had this delusion that my friend and I could bake cupcakes for like a hundred people because she was a baker at a grocery store, like a cake decorator. I was living in a like thousand square foot townhouse. Mm -hmm. I was the bride. Right. We did not make the cupcakes. And you could only cook 12 of them at a time because you don't have 10 cupcake pans, right? Sometimes it's just, it's even safer to get a caterer because once you prep something that's hot, that, you, that you're going to heat up again, it needs to go in a refrigerator. And residential refrigerators don't get cold enough to, to just drop hot items in there and keep <laughs> everything at the right temperature so that you're not forming bacteria. So... I mean, some of it is just safety. You just, you need to do it. You don't have the equipment to do it. But, yeah. But, you know, for small parties, I I love it. I, I cook at home for, for and have people over all the time. And everybody's expecting the most amazing things because when you're a chef, that's what they do. But sometimes I like to, you know, I like to make a, a, a burger slider bar, you know, like just have some, some cool stuff that people like. And I don't have to stay in the kitchen forever doing it. That's a fun idea. You know? Okay. Okay. I'm being nosy. What's on the menu for your wedding? I just got introduced to a really nice pasta company. And um, we're going to do some some of these beef raviolis that, that I served at the restaurant. Really, really good. I'm also going to do some scallops, like a uh, scampi, like scallops and scampi. I'm going to do a charcuterie board and some some hors d'oeuvres and everything. But it's not, it's only, you know, 25 to 30 people. It's going to be fun and family and, and close friends and no judgment. So I can do whatever I want. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's your day. Yeah. Do you have any other tips? This has been amazing. I have learned a lot. I need to go pick up some to-go containers because right. you're right. It's like having people clean up for you and making them think that you're doing them a favor. Right. That's genius. I just think we're, and I'll just reiterate, just have a plan, have a plan and follow it. And you're going to do well. And don't get it over your head. Do what you can do. Get some help otherwise. That's good life advice. It is good life advice. Well, thank you, Chef Ed. This was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's always a pleasure to see you. Ed Steinhoff is executive chef at the Straz Center for the Performing Arts in Tampa. And Chef Ed's advice to hire help reminded me of an experience that I had when I was a teenager. A family whose kids I babysat was celebrating their daughter's first communion. They had relatives in town. It was a big deal. So they hired me and my friend to get the meal ready while they were at church. The mom gave us instructions about oven temperatures and when to put things in and take things out. So when the family got home from the church service, my friend and I had everything ready for them to sit down and enjoy with their guests. So if you can't hire professionals like Ed recommended, maybe there's a young person in your neighborhood or niece or nephew who'd like to make a couple extra bucks. Just something to think about. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.